Hey guys, welcome to Dr. Z, A World Never Mentioned. If we include our trailer, this will be our 10th recording special. But before we go ahead to discuss what we have planned, let's talk about what has been going on. First off, the elephant in the room, Afghanistan. If I'm being quite honest, it was bound to happen at some point. And let me give you guys a little piece of advice. If you want to help a country, don't install a government that was agreed upon by only 3% of the people. And that too, don't debilitate a government so much that once you are gone, they have no stability. Uh, I'm referring to you here, the United States. However, politics aside, my heart truly does go out to the people of Afghanistan. I know the past few decades have been quite difficult, and I was saddened when I was seeing videos of many Afghans holding on to that plane taking off, and also when I hear about all the refugee crises going on. But I was also touched and enlightened seeing protests being done, especially with women who are fighting for their own rights beyond Sharia law. So I am optimistic that the resilience and the bravery of these citizens will eventually bring back peace to the region. Now, what else? On a lighter note, places are slowly opening up for travel, although the COVID is sort of back on the rise with the new Delta variant. I really wanted to stay in that summer mood and provide my own top three for countries in different categories. I mean, think about it like this. I've been providing you all with mainly factual information for so many episodes now. And I've been bringing other people in here to share their perspectives as well. But after doing my own research on different countries and cultures for so many years now, and even making my own future travel brochure, I decided to enlighten you guys on my own personal thoughts. So if you guys are ready, let's begin. So we are going to do a top three for three categories. So the first one being top three places I'd want to visit, top three countries I'd want to live in, which there is a huge difference, and top three countries that I would go to just for the food. So let's start with countries I'd want to visit. But before we get there, here's my disclaimer. I'm going to try to exclude places from this list, which are somewhat already talked about a lot. I know many people want to travel to London, Paris, Rome, Cancun. And yes, I've been to most of these places and great people, great food, great cultures, and so on. But I really want to bring out places which may be popular, but are not as talked about as much as they should be. So basically, I'm thinking they deserve more hype. Anyway, top three countries that I want to visit. Let's start with third place, and that's going to be South Africa. And I think the city I would want to travel to the most within South Africa is probably Cape Town. Now, South Africa is absolutely beautiful with its table mountains, there's the plateaus, the glimmering beautiful water surrounding the coastline. There's just a lot of natural beauty. But then along with that, South Africa has a, it has a very rich and fascinating history. I mean... It was victim to a lot of European colonialism, like the Dutch and the British, and they even had that apartheid era. And as a matter of fact, um, Nelson Mandela was imprisoned in the Robben Islands, which is um, near to Cape Town. So when I'm there for around a week or two, I can just imagine myself learning about the fascinating history of South Africa while enjoying that natural, pristine beauty of the region. Now, second place would go to Iceland. And honestly, I'd like to go there to experience a day where the sun never sets. They're known for their midnight sun, and which means that due to Iceland's geographical location, like right under the Arctic uh, Circle, there are days where they experience only daylight or even no daylight. So between May and June, there's the midnight sun where 
during midnight, the sun is still out. So I definitely like to experience that. And then, of course, they have the Northern Lights, which is also known as the Aurora Borealis. They have geothermal baths, they have glaciers, they have volcanoes, and the whales are kind of dope as well. Uh, their capital, Reykjavik, and this is kind of a little bit off topic, but Reykjavik is this, my second favorite capital city to pronounce, coming right after Burkina Faso's capital, Ouagadougou. So both names, very fun to say. And also, as an English speaker, it's known that Icelandic is one of the hardest languages to learn. So I would like to challenge myself for a week or two to be able to communicate with the locals without using a single word of English. Do you think I can do that? Probably not, but I think it's worth the challenge. Now, for my number one, the gold medal for this category, I would say goes to Spain. And I feel a little bad saying this, not because Spain is bad or anything, but it is one of those really hyped up countries. But I think I come from a little bit of a biased standpoint. Number one, I've learned Spanish. I've been learning Spanish for five years now at school. So I'm fascinated by Spanish culture, Spanish history. I love learning the language and I would like to apply that in Spain. Although, of course, the Spanish spoken in Spain and Spanish spoken in the Americas is quite different. I'd also like to see the differences within those linguistics as well. Uh, another influencer is one of my favorite Bollywood movies, which is Zindagi Na Malegi Dobara, which has my favorite Bollywood actor, Rithik Roshan. It's about a group of three friends who go to Spain. They experience all these activities, two of which I really want to do are, first of all, the Lato Matina Festival, and the second, which is the Bull Run. So the Lato Matina Festival is people are just throwing tomatoes at each other. That sounds fun. I would like to just come to Spain just for that. And the Bull Run Festival, I wouldn't consider myself that daring, but I would really like to see, I'd like to try it. Let's see what happens. I mean, if I die, it's a pretty cool story to talk about. Oh, he died from running away from bulls. Like, I think that's a pretty epic feat to try and accomplish. And even if you survive, I mean, it's a great accomplishment. So I don't know. Spain has a lot of unique um, events and festivals I would like to try. So that's what I would be doing for my week or two stay in there. So that wraps up the first category. So the next one is going to be countries where I'd want to live in. So when you're looking at these kind of countries, you want to consider, you know, the environment, the economic factors, uh, the kinds of people who live there, because you're not just going to be here for a week or two. You're going to be there for a long time. I'm not going to say the rest of your life, because of course you can move from different places, but you're going to be staying there for numerous months or numerous years. So when I'm looking at it from that perspective, um, a lot of these three countries that I've chosen are mainly countries that have really good weather good job opportunities, friendly locals, and so on. And they're also on the underrated side of things because, of course, when you hear about best countries to live in, you hear about, like, Canada or those countries in Scandinavia or literally all of Europe. So I decided to go a little bit outside from that. Now, if I'm being quite honest with you, I would say that the United States and India would definitely be on my top two because, number one, the United States is a country that I already live in and... Honestly, I wouldn't mind living here for the rest of my life. And India, I would like to live in India just because I want to rediscover my roots. Um, I want to travel all around India, not just like the south part from where I'm from. Because India is such a diverse country and there's just so much that's yet to explore. Like there are many hidden gems that many people don't know about India that I'm yet to explore as well. But I didn't want to just include those two because I wanted to bring out three other countries that I feel deserve a spot in this list. 
Now, coming in at number three for countries I'd want to live in would go to Colombia. Colombia gets literally the a really bad rep for no reason. Let me tell you guys, Pablo Escobar does not run the place anymore. The country's advancing and is estimated to be the best economy in South America in the near future. The city I would like to live in is probably Medellin. It was voted back in 2012 to be one of the most innovative cities, according to Wall Street Journal. There's amazing weather, there's a strong educational culture, inventive workforce, and there are a lot of expats as well, which kind of means that although there may be the culture is still intact, it's also good for people who aren't necessarily of Latinx descent. And also, I find quite convenient considering that I've taken Spanish for so many years, so I think I'd do pretty well in a Spanish-speaking country. Also, Medellin is a trendy city with a nice modern touch, and I really do just kind of want that vibe in a place that I want to live in for the rest of my future. Now, coming in at second place in this list goes to Qatar. Now, Qatar is the only country, I think out of all three lists, it's the only country that I've traveled to, and the reason being is that my uncle lives there. And he moved to Qatar from the UK, along with many other doctors, to work at the Hamad Hospital. And fun fact, Qatar actually has the most doctors per capita in the world. So it's kind of interesting. Honestly, the whole world knows about the luxury of the UAE with Dubai and Abu Dhabi. But honestly, Qatar's capital city, Doha, has started to take the pedestal of that new tourist destination in the Middle East. Literally, as Dubai is kind of steady with its economy and its hype, Qatar is rapidly coming in and just like, hey, UAE, I'll take your number one spot as the coolest place for expats in the Middle East. Um, Qatar is a progressive country, yet it's also very traditional and it's also sticks close to its Islamic roots, which I don't really mind because I am a Muslim. There are many places to shop in Doha, my favorite of which is actually um, Souk Waqif. It provides a Qatari touch in a city that's becoming more and more westernized. Also, Villaggio is a huge mall that I enjoyed, kind of had a cool European vibe to it. The only downside for me is the weather, especially in the summer. I've only been to the country twice, in the winter and the summer. During the winter, the country is at its best temperatures, being around 50 to 70 degrees. That's a pretty good range. But in the summer, I remember having a hard time sitting in the seats in the Uber just because it was 110 degrees outside and the seats were literally burning hot. But with the job opportunities, the culture, decent weather, along with the modern environment, Qatar receives a silver medal for this category. And finally, the gold medal for this category goes to Malaysia. Now, if you all remember from my episode where I had a panel that discusses places to travel from around the world, Malaysia was brought up numerous times, especially by Shafiq, whose mother is mainly from there. Now, I won't even lie, but all the hype about Malaysia from that one panel discussion influenced me to put that as my number one country to live in. First off, it was really interesting to hear that's actually cheaper to eat out than cook from home. So as someone who still gets critiqued by his mother about not knowing how to cook many dishes, I really do appreciate that. Malaysians are known to be very warm and friendly and are distinct in the way that they are very welcoming to foreigners. Uh, the weather is always warm, there's a low cost of living, and although the country's developed, there's still a lot of untouched wildlife. There's nice hill stations and tropical islands. It's also a very safe country. The crime rates are low. And also, you have a, you basically have a mix of all of Asia in this country. And to be quite honest, I really just can't find any reason not to live here besides from it being 
quite a drastic, complete change in lifestyle compared to the United States. Our final category, and this one is about food. I've been watching so much of MasterChef this summer, and I've seen these dishes, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm trying this out when I go to that um, dish's country of origin, and they looked so good. So I had no choice but to include this category in this episode. But anyway, number three, Thailand. So I've had a lot of Thai food here in the United States, but I understand that a few of the dishes or flavors may not be as traditional as it is in its home country. So I'd love to taste a traditional pad thai, which if you guys don't know, are basically Thai style fried noodles. And then also you have some of the soups and the curries, such as tom kha kai, which is chicken and coconut soup, along with shrimp panang curry. Next up, we have Argentina. In Argentina, I'd like to get a nice traditional taste of its indigenous population with yerba mate, which is a herbal caffeine-infused drink. Now, the thing is, I'd like to try it out from a shallowed-out squash gourd, so, you know, you get that traditional experience. Now, a salsa I've witnessed on MasterChef is chimichurri, which is a green salsa made of finely chopped parsley, oregano, onion, garlic, chili, um, you got the olive oil and some sort of acid like lemon juice or vinegar. And I'd like to try this with what Argentina is most notable for. It's meat, specifically picanha, which is a very tender cut of beef. And finally, we have turkey. That's our number one for this category. And if there's one thing you guys should know about me, Middle Eastern is my favorite cuisine in the world. The subtle flavors, the zest, the tender meats, the breads. I honestly can't understand what's not to like in the Middle Eastern cuisine. All those beef and lamb kebabs from Turkey, such as the donor kebab or tavuk kofte. And then top all that off with a nice pastry like baklava or a subtle sutlak. For both vegetarians and meat lovers, Turkey has everything. And it's kind of ironic because turkey is named turkey, like the bird. But anyway, so that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you've all gotten to know a little bit more about me and my preferences, along with getting an idea of some places to travel to or think about for your next vacation. As always, we end with a quote, this one from St. Augustine. Those who do not travel only read one page. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys, and see you later.